Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange, something paranormal, something like Bigfoot or another cryptid, a UFO or a ghost, and you want to share your story, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. While we're speaking of contact information, I want to note we no longer have the old phone number that we used to announce on the show, the old call in line. I let that lapse. Somebody else has that number now. They are not associated in any way with Strange Familiars. We do not have a public phone number. The way to contact us is through our Gmail, and if we need to talk on the phone, I will either arrange a Skype call or give someone my personal cell phone number. Once again, we no longer have the old call-in line. Do not call that number. All right, tonight, Through the Haunted Forest, Part 3. You do not have to listen to Parts 1 and 2 to understand Part 3. It's just a series of different encounters and different people who have had encounters in Michaud, so we are presenting this. If you want to listen to the first two episodes, they're out there. You can go back and listen to parts one and two, but you don't need to. What I think is so interesting is that all the people that you've interviewed so far have had experiences in Michaud, but not in the exact location. It's not like there's one specific hot spot. It's like the whole place is a hot spot. It seems to be. And we're trying to look at the reason why for that. Perhaps one of the reasons is the number of iron furnaces that were in Michaud. We know a bunch of them. I don't think we found all of them. 
I think the whole place was just a big iron foundry. And is Michelle one of the places that the Appalachian Trail runs through? Yes, uh, almost north to south through the entire forest. And is that the place where it's like the considered the halfway mark? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right around. What's the name of the furnace? It was right around one of the furnaces. Oh, was it where people the, do the like the ice cream yeah. um, challenge yeah, at the exactly. midway point? Yes. So I want to thank Six. He met us out there and talked about his experiences with us. And it's been a while. So you said there's some references to things that happened in the, the normal world a year ago, but do not happen now. <laughs> yeah, this was recorded almost exactly a year ago. We were going to put together this whole Michaud thing and, and with a different format. And then we, we decided on the Through the Haunted Forest format. So it took us a while to get to it. I want to apologize to Six for that, but uh, I do want to thank him for meeting us out there. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to Adam and Serfiel from Conspiranormal and Soraya from Where Did the Road Go? We're going to be talking about the Strange Realities Conference, which is coming up. Before we talk to Six, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. We could not make this show without you. Strange Familiars is only possible because of our patrons. If you want to help us make Strange Familiars and get extra episodes including Through the Haunted Forest Part 4, which will be September's patron episode. You can go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Check out all the different levels of support there. You can sign up monthly, and now there's yearly memberships as well. You can sign up for a year at a time. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you want to help with a one-time donation, go to strangefamiliars.com. Look at the show notes under any episode. Look for that paypal.me link. You can click that and make a one-time donation. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, whatever podcatcher you use, and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews, which helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. So let's go ahead and hear our first segment with Six. He met us on the top of a mountain where he and his son saw two creatures. So we are here talking with Six, back in Michaud Forest. What's this area, Chad? This would be uh, off Ridge Road, and this is the Flat Rock area, they call it, of Michaud. The AT crosses right down there. Okay, so we're now far off the Appalachian Trail. Wow. And when did this happen? <sighs> St. Patrick's Day, let me think, uh, seven years ago? What are we at? 2019, so 2012. 2012. And it was about this time of night? Uh, no, it was a little bit later. Spring is just, you know, started to get warm and things. So it was getting dark maybe around 8.30, quarter to 9. So it was definitely dusk, you know, just before everything goes black. What, should I tell the story? Yeah, man. Yeah, go right, right so I was up here with my, my eight-year-old son, and we had pulled in here in uh, our family minivan. And we had turned off the car, and we were sitting with the windows down and just talking to each other, pointing out, you know, different bugs, different stinks. And all of a sudden, it just sounded like there was a an electronic bulldozer moving through the woods, tearing everything apart that wasn't making any motor sounds or anything like that why do you say electronic because because there's no motor motor. motor. you know it just if you can imagine the forest being torn apart without hearing any mechanical means of doing it and when the sounds got close enough i turned on my spotlight and that's when we saw two of them so where were they 
from right here, just on the other side of that bush, maybe 20 feet. So it was like between those tall bushes and the trees? Yeah, probably closer to being in between those trees. You see the big one there and the big one over there, that maybe what, you got 20 feet between the two? They were between those ones. Wow. And I shined the spotlight on them. We, I took everything in and then I turned my head over my shoulder to my son to say, are you seeing this? And he said yes, and by the time I turned my head back around, they were ghosts. Gone. You know, you could still hear them out there tramping around, but every I shined the spotlight everywhere until I couldn't hear them anymore, and not once did I get another sighting of them. So there was two of them? Two of them. Were they, how big, roughly? Well, it's hard to say from right here, but, you know, when we came back the next day and I, I had my daughter go stand over there, they were way taller than her. But once again, it was dark. Right. You know, we can't be 100% sure just from what you thought you saw. There's no way to tell. Right. Did you get a look at their face or anything? What I saw was about this. You know, you didn't see much. You saw a little bit of lip. You saw bright eyes shining right at you. And you saw a little bit of coloration of fur. But that was it. And you might have caught a little bit of right here. But it wasn't it wasn't detailed like I wanted. Mm-hmm. And you said they were dark colored. They were dark colored, that's okay. for sure. And then they turned and they went ran back into. The I don't woods. know if they turned. I didn't see them disappear. Oh, okay. I had my head turned looking at him, and when I turned back, they were gone. And you could hear fumblings, you know, crunches here, steps there. But every time you shine the light, you know, you weren't catching anything. So it was a brief encounter, but I'll never forget it. That's yeah, wild. I don't though. think I'd forget it. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Were, were they the, the two creatures? Were they about the same size as one each other? One was taller than the other. I mean, it, you could definitely see a difference. Uh, the one, if I'm looking at the one that was on my life, my left was the tallest. The one that was on the right was shorter. So that's what forty yards, fifty yards, maybe from by my guess, something, something like, like that. that. You got them gators on. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I don't need any ticks. <laughs> well, something's definitely been coming through here because you can see a trail. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, when we came up here, I didn't realize the Appalachian Trail was so close mm-hmm. to this spot. And, you know, yeah, I've read... Right about here? No, a little bit further, further down. Now, over this way a little bit more. We could do this all evening, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Right about there. That's about perfect. And we were sitting right here. So you know the spotlight doesn't carry as far as you want. Half the football field, 50 yards. Maybe. If even that. Yeah, 40, 50. Huh. We're right under a electric tower. So this is right in a electric line cut power line cut if that makes a difference some people say it does I've heard they use all kinds of different things to navigate Yeah, makes sense you know you, you got a trail and they were definitely moving from this direction to that direction in the middle of March now were you specifically looking like up here looking for Bigfoot or you just no, up here just no we were out, out messing around we come up here a good bit 
and I tell the kids all the time we're looking for Bigfoot, but really we're just playing in the woods. Right, right. You know, they we're a scout family, so we, we spend a lot of time in the woods. Definitely a lot of. If you see, you can stand. See, there's a there's, heavy. There's use a couple trail of trails there. there. Yeah, and the blueberry scrubs have been worn away, so something's been coming in and out of there a lot. <laughs> so now, where I was standing was on the very edge of the woods, like as if you would have came out maybe three or four feet out of the woods, mm -hmm. and that was it. And then now you think they were trying to get a better look at you? No, I don't even think they knew we were here. Uh, until you lit them up. Yeah, until I... Because, I mean, the boy and I are... We're sitting in the car. We're, we're enclosed. It's a minivan, and you got two windows that open. You know, it's mm -hmm. not one of the, the newer ones where the middle ones go down. Right, right. And, you know, we're just chatting, watching... Uh, listening to the crickets. You know, they're just hanging out in the woods. When the noises started, I kept saying to him, Are you hearing this? And it kept getting closer and closer and closer. And when it finally got to the point where I thought I could hit something with the, the spot, I turned it on, and I you know, I didn't know what to expect. When you heard it coming closer, was it coming... I don't know if you already that addressed direction. it. So was it coming up through it the power cut, up, or was well, it coming out of the woods? I don't think it was coming through the through the cut. Okay. I think it was up more along the line. So it was on the, on the edge of the woods moving yeah, up the cut. The sounds weren't down through here. They were coming from over here, and they just kept getting closer and closer okay. and closer. Okay. You know, and it, to so be we, honest, I don't remember the buildup of it. I just remember noticing the sounds. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot to remember. I mean, yeah, and just you know, did I don't know if it was said before, but we're standing in the middle of a giant power cut, power line cut. You mm -hmm. know, and not the little wooden power lines, but the really big metal ones. Yeah, you could probably hear it crackling uh, in the you, background. Yeah, and it's going for miles. So these power lines are carrying power for miles over the mountains and. Yeah. Other than the forest roads and the Appalachian Trail, there's no way to get in here. <laughs> so. Now, when they go, they keep running, you know. they. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean. Sorry. No worries. No worries. But that trail that, that goes back in there is, is worrying hard. And I, You can even see it. If you step here, you can see it. It. Yep. And it angles right to where you said. <laughs> now, granted, you know, that was seven years ago, but that doesn't mean that. Yeah. You know. So you grew up around here? I grew up around here. Uh, from where we are, probably about three miles. You and then up? after I grew up and moved out, I moved back here to a cabin two miles from where I grew up. So you, did you grow up with stories and stuff? Being I grew in, in up, life? man, uh, you'd hear people talk all the time, but that was, you know, I was a little kid in 1978 and 77 when Bigfoot had that great uh, reemergence into yeah. the public eye. For the, the golden age, yeah. 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 And, you know, people would talk about deers getting hit and them calling PennDOT and the deers would be gone before PennDOT got there and just weird stories you'd hear from the, the townspeople. And then weird things happened to me, you know, living here. This happened and 
that incident I told you about in my cabin where I thought I heard something. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just seems like there's a lot of activity. There's a guy who lived right up the road from me who was in his tree stand who had a family of Bigfoot run underneath his tree stand. He said he could have spit on them. Wow. Yeah, is that the one that's on the BFRO? Yeah, on or the BFRO is it? I think we heard similar from Ken. I yeah. don't know if it was the same incident, but he said, wasn't yeah, there something he said? I that think was maybe. From maybe. At all. Weird stories. Yeah, yeah, and that was like two adults and a little one or something, wasn't it? Or two adults and, and two little ones. Two little ones. Family wow. Of four. <laughs> wow. And I mean, I, I tore that place apart looking for that location, but I couldn't find, and he wasn't giving up info. Mm. But you now that's uh, you guys probably, you guys pass that spot from the top of the mountain to where the little motorcycle shop is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a road before the motorcycle shop that goes up into the mountain. It's got a, it's like a nice little forested development back there, and that's where his tree stand was, like up above there. <laughs> and I think you know we grew up here and we didn't spend any more time looking. Yeah. You know, we spent time coming up here playing around, but never, you know. No, I found. Now I've spent. I spent a lot of time in the woods. A lot. And until recently, you know, I didn't really notice much. And I think it's because I wasn't tuned into it, if uh, that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And now I'm starting to you notice more. You don't know what more. to look for until you, you know what, you're not looking for it. Yeah, you know I, I, even after I had that incident back in 2014, I you know, I still didn't have too much. And then just with what hap- what has been happening recently, I'm starting to notice more, mm-hmm. even here. When I say here, I don't mean at this exact spot, but here in Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. And. I mean, to be honest with you, when I found the BFRO were coming up here, I was a little disappointed. Because I feel like it's almost a safe haven for them. You know, nobody Hmm. seems to come up here and mess with them. It's weird because the, the number of people who are like locals, in other words, they live on one side of the forest or the other, who have told me like, oh, yeah, everybody knows they're there. Yeah. It's just getting people to, to actually say, you know, yeah, I saw it, or, or this, or this, or this happened. And, and this forest is heavily trafficked. Uh-huh. I mean, you know. Yeah, this is, this is you know, for all the people who live around here, this is where we come to, to relax, unwind, have fun. and you know. Well, you have thousands of people pass mm-hmm. through here every year, too, hiking the AT, you know, mm-hmm. just down from where you... Well, yeah, the, the AT is right over... Right over the ridge. I know that when... Is it down? It's probably kids, down in the valley in the hollow down there. It's not that far at all. We came to it the last time we were up here. Yeah, we crossed over it on the way here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And it runs that way, and then it... Take you all the way into Pine Grove Furnace this way. You go across... Oh, yeah. Flat yeah, it follows the whole South run. Mountain yeah. Range. And I, I find it interesting, just even looking at your map... Now, all that stuff follows the trail. Yeah, but I think also I think some of that is because the trail is the AT is made to follow the mountains now because they want it to to run the ridges and stuff because of all the people that walk on it. You know, all, they don't want it to wear out, so you have more. Mm-hmm. It does go in rocks and stuff and follows the mountaintops right. more. But this where this spot is and where I had my encounter up on White Rocks is all the same mountain range. 
and it's the South Mountain Range, and it runs, mm-hmm. and then that it's just that spur, and then there at at above fifteen, there at Route seventy four, where uh, the Tuckahoe Camp Tuckahoe yeah, is. Yeah, talking about. That is the last mountain. That is the last one in this spur huh. of South Mountain. Didn't know that. So if you drop in the in the Cumberland Valley, you come across. That's all the Blue Mountains. That's a totally different mountain range. They're all part of the Appalachians, but uh-huh. this is a different little spur. It's weird. And me and Tim noticed this too. The topography here is different than in Tuscarora. It is. It? it is. Different yeah. rocks. Tuscarora. Huh? What's it like in Tuscarora? The rocks are different. They're they, yeah. There's, it's just. You don't have as much quartz, for one thing. I've been on the Appalachian Trail, and I've wondered how many people they paid to bring all the rocks on that trail. <laughs> no, it's not that at all. It's just they purposely divert it onto the ridge ridges, and I, and it, that's just easier. You know, it, it's able to handle the wear of all mm-hmm. the people going through. And and here's the thing: if animals will follow human trails, just just like you know we will follow human trails, because animals want to follow the past of least resistance because for them it's all about saving calories it's all about caloric intake it's all about saving energy and if you can follow an already path trail like if i had a choice of walking through the woods to get on that other mountaintop or going through here i guarantee you i'm going to take that yeah that road all the way up and the animals will do the same thing how many uh sightings occur on the appalachian trail a lot a lot a lot yeah yeah i mean i i know around here i don't really search outside my state unless we're talking about maryland because i'm not going mm-hmm. you know? like, yeah no i mean there's there's quite a few and again is it because it's like we were saying it's well traveled so there's more people out there to see stuff i think i, like yeah. I agree with you the less resistance as well you know yeah you know, oh yeah there. that's that's if you believe it's an animal in the woods now and the fact that it traveling right along the wood line would make sense too to a, an animal that tries to stay hidden as much as it can oh yeah you know it has the ability to duck and cover and that's quickly. one that's also one of those liminal spots too yep the yeah in between mist is starting to come up now you're that or, nah, i think that's the dust from the car yeah i think it is too dust from the car. <laughs> yeah I was getting excited. I, yeah, I was looking over there. I was like, Man, is it, is somebody, I thought it was smoke for a second, but it's just from the car. Very dry up here. So which direction are we looking here? I'm just trying to orient myself. Is that the sunset? Oh, yeah, there you go. Off. I think so. That would be west. Yeah, so... At the point you saw them... Uh-huh. Were you already a believer at that point? Oh, yeah. I, that wasn't my first sighting. That was my second sighting. Oh, so you, you caught sight of them before I, then. I saw one when I was 15. I was at Boy Scout camp teaching wilderness survival. Middle of the mountain. No reason for it to run through my camp, but it did. And made me get up and yell at everybody till I realized that it wasn't any of my kids. And you caught sight of that? I saw... This is what I saw. From down here, I saw this. Because I was laying down. And he ran about where you are. Not more than 10 feet away. One step and he was gone. It could have been my imagination almost. But I saw it. I right. It, you know? Right. It was... Uh, so it was definitely the strangest encounter I've had. And where was that? This was in uh, Louisville, Pennsylvania. Tyrone County, I think. So you had an idea; these things are there yeah. already. Yeah. Well, I, 
You know, growing up here as a little kid, the only cool book my school library had was on the track of Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And I must have read that a thousand times as a little kid. (laughs) I don't know which Bigfoot book it was, but I got one out over and over and over again out of the school Uh, library. My librarian would say, aren't you tired of this book yet? Nope. (laughs) I have a couple copies of it myself now. Was it scary? No. I mean, to be honest, it it was fascinating. You know, it was... There it is, you know, that's... Right. Oops, there it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. It, it scared my son. My, my son was a little... But, you know, he was eight years old. When they disappeared, and I couldn't find him in my spotlight, I wanted to get out. And he said, you're not getting out of the car. And look, yeah, so you went to look around yeah, a little so bit more. I, yeah, I, I wasn't getting parent of the ward. Parent of the year award that night. But I stayed in the car with him, and we, we, we went home, and we came back the next day when it was laid out to look around more. And uh, as we point out so often, it's Michelle is not conducive to footprints. There's no, like, no. Unless it, uh, you, you happen to find one in a creek bed or something. Yeah. Or just a spot that has, you know. I mean, you're not going to see anything here. No This way. is nothing but thick blueberry scrub. Yeah. I just walked through it to pee. It was not fun to, to just navigate through. And it's just up here on this on the on this area, this flat rock area. I mean, there. Were, the rocks aren't far from the top of the surface yeah, it's, of the it's ground. Very, there's very not, rocky. There's yeah. not much. Yeah, there, there's no way. I hate to say it, but there's no way. Not gonna happen. All right. Uh, well, we can see what else we can get into here. Okay, in this next clip, Six takes us to another location on the southern side of Michaud where he had a really strange encounter, a couple of strange encounters, but the one that really interested me, he set up a trail cam, put a series of hamburgers on a log, and the trail cam picture showed the hamburgers disappearing one at a time. You couldn't see what took them. It was in the series of pictures it took. One would disappear, and then another, and then another. Very, very interesting. So let's go ahead and hear that clip. What's the story again? Now, I brought up five hamburgers from Burger King, plain, and set them on that log with your camera right there. But camouflage the best I could. And two and a half second delay on the camera, burgers just disappeared. So they're there one frame? Yeah. And go on the next? Not, not gone, gone. One at a time. Between frames? Between frames. <laughs> What? Have me up here cursing. <laughs> so the camera was set about was 15 feet from the walls. Yeah. That looks I mean, about 15 feet. Back then, if I had known what I knew then, I would have never put it there. I would have put it down in there or something and camouflaged it better. But I didn't think it would register anything that far away. Huh. Or that, that far down. You ended up with a series of what, six or eight pictures? I had 30 some pictures on my camera. But I mean. But that was the only stuff that was going on, was pictures of that stupid log. So you. And the hamburgers being gone. You'd see one hamburger go? Yeah, and I mean, it might not have been one right after the other. Right. It might have been a procession where there was a couple at a time. But right. I know I started with five. 
I was so proud of the way I laid them out there. <laughs> I'm up here yelling, know me pictures, buddy. <laughs> how tall was the, uh, how far up did you have the camera about? Just where I could reach. Oh, about seven feet. Yeah. Well, not even that high. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm only 5'7". So I probably had it right here. Okay. You know, and I, I put just a little tilt on it. Hoping it would shoot down, but basically just aimed at the log. Yeah. Wow. That'd have been one fast koi wolf. You know <laughs> right. It? right? Or uh or fox. Well <laughs> and it, this is the same spot where I took put those Dixie cups in the tree. I just did it down at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, so what's that story now? Yeah, I had the, the peanut butter Dixie cups. Mm-hmm. Put them in the made a bolo out of them and tossed them up in a tree so you could get them up high yeah and when i came back to, to get them out of the tree they were gone they weren't there i looked all over for them and finally found the cups on the ground but they were weird when i picked them up they were so greasy to touch it was it was strange not a scratch or a tear on the cup it just lit clean so we're at the base almost at the base of a mountain uh-huh. right here And you have a creek down there. Yeah. Down there. And this is south of where we were. Yep. On the other side of 30, the south end of the shell. In a straight line, probably only about five, six miles. If even that. Uh, yeah. That's the crow flies. A couple hollows and creeks in between. And you can hear, hear some campers in the background. That's, that's now, this, this is where I got zapped, too. Okay. I was walking the trail during the daylight with my kids. And, I mean, they, they had never been here before, but I, I spent all kinds of time here. And it, it just, it, I still don't know why I was so scared, what I was so scared of to make me grab my children and run like that. But as soon as we got in the car and pulled away, all that anxiety and fear was gone. That sounds familiar. My daughter remembers me grabbing her by the hand and dragging her through these woods when she was little, but she doesn't know why. Right. And, I mean, to be fair, you don't know exactly why either, only no. that you got scared all of a sudden. I got scared. And, you know, my cabin is less than a mile from here that I spent years, you know, living in. Not where I grew up, but where I moved to after I, you know, had a girl and got out of the house. Right, right. <laughs> so... You've been on this trail multiple times before. Yeah. Never a problem. Never a problem. Hike it by yourself all the time. All the time. I, I heard, one night I heard that thing with the dogs, you know, and it wasn't until a month later we heard the Discovery Channel play the, the Bigfoot recordings. But That was outside the back of your cabin? Yeah, which was just right up the road. And yeah. that was like like a, a howl or a roar, or, or what was that? It, can't describe it. it it's like a shrill, high-pitched, durr, you know, something. It... it just a sound that I've never heard before, and the only other time I heard it was when he played the the Ohio Bigfoot recordings. Mm-hmm. So you've come back obviously tonight, uh-huh. and then after you had that incident where you you felt uh-huh. like you were scared and you had to leave. Well, I've been back plenty of times. You've been back plenty of times. Oh, no yeah, fear. Never had that feeling again. I understand that completely. <laughs> yeah, never. It never even had that feeling before anywhere. I can't explain it. It, it was it's probably the most scared I've ever been ever in my whole life. Hmm. And for no reason. 
daylight, you know. And you didn't hear anything out there? Didn't hear anything, didn't smell anything. Just happened. Anything. Just felt like something was there. Did you feel like you were being watched at all? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, big time. Like eyes that you, you could not escape. Yeah, like uh, the Lord of the Rings movie with that big eyeball. <laughs> you just can't get away from yeah, it. Yeah, I am sorry. We have made that comparison before. All right, I want to thank Six for meeting us out there. I didn't get to say a formal thank you on tape. I think we were going to go to another location, and we couldn't get to it for some reason, and, and I didn't end up hitting record again. So thanks again, Six. Sorry it took so long to get this published, but as you said, there is no expiration date mm-hmm. on this stuff. After we were with Six, Chad and I heard a story about a pond monster on the southern end of Michelle. So we found the pond, mm-hmm. and we went to investigate southernmost part of Michaud technically or no there's more yet there's more oh, okay so yeah it's the southern part not the southernmost part yeah we're in the southern section we're off old Forge Road so we're kind of towards the western end southwest end and um, we're below South Mountain town of South Mountain South of South Mountain. Yeah, south southwest <laughs> of South Mountain. <laughs> so. so the reason we came here is because we heard a little story was about a, a monster in a, I don't know, is that? I'd call it a pond or an ore hole is what yeah, I think Yeah, I'm thinking of possibly an ore hole. There's a pond here. I think during the wet times, it's probably a lot bigger than it is now. Yeah. You can kind of see where the grasses are crushed. Would be filled with water if uh, if it was wet enough. But, we're, we're, and I didn't think it was that dry, honestly. It has been dry up here in yeah, this area. I it's been. So. I've never haven't seen it this dry in a long time. And I think most of the rain has been going towards Gettysburg. They haven't really had a lot of rain here. That's crazy. I mean, because we, we've been plenty wet yeah. over where we are but in any case uh, there's we didn't get many details just a, a monster that came out of the pond or was around the pond or, or a creature of some sort that creature. would come out or, yeah and it's we're across from an old uh the actual camp camp pen for boys it's a christian camp or something like that yeah so. i feel like that camp has been that name has come up somewhere either in a BFRO report or in one of the articles in one of my books or something. I don't know if it's that old. And, you know, and once again, just to kind of tie this in with where with today, we're not that far from the Appalachian Trail. We're not that far from the Appalachian no, Trail? No, we are like less than a half mile. If we go down this road to Old Forge Picnic Area, the AT's right there. Right. So we're like within, I'd say, two football fields of the AT. The way the AT runs through Michaud, though, I mean... It's literally north to south. Yeah, there's not too many places in Michaud where you can be terribly far from from the AT. Uh, The northern end more so. If Uh you get up towards... um, I have to think. Yeah, because it kind of hooks out. Yeah, it hooks out. It hooks out on the end there if you get up towards the um, Kings Gap State Park. 
Because you have, what, is it four state parks here in Michelle? I think so. Yeah. I think it's, so. And this is, you know, I think the first state forest. This is District 1. This was, you know, one of the first ones. And what blows my mind when you look at this is, you, you know, this place, they literally described it as a desert. Yeah, I was looking up some of the old articles and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was from all those, all the iron mining and the iron furnaces mm-hmm. and stuff. They just strip mine this area. And they said that the trains would come through. It was so dry. The trains would literally set it on fire when they came through. <laughs> so between them all taking the trees for the charcoal and digging up the ground for mining and the, the furnaces running all the time and then the trains coming through and starting fires, burning anything that was left, it was like a complete wasteland. Yeah, and you still see, you know, if you just look at Caledonia, you know, if you do what is a charcoal herf trail, you literally go in the old herfs. Actually, it's the old uh, wagon road that they would take up the wagons to uh, bring the, the charcoal down mm-hmm. you can still see the hearse you know it's flat where they had burned them so you figure that whole mountain you know the caledonia furnace is right there at the base of the mountain right so you figure that would be belching smoke and fire all the time because yeah, you wouldn't con- want to shut it down no they keep them going constantly keep them going constantly and then on top of the mountain you had these giant piles of wood for charcoal just it literally was a hell on earth they did quarrying too up from Caledonia. That quarry gap, mm-hmm. like if I ever take when we eventually go into Dark Hollow and all that, that's literally where they quarried. And right, it's so like they, it, they're digging into the they earth. They were digging there. into the earth. So this place was disturbed. Yeah, I'm really disturbed. And you wonder if that doesn't play a part in that. A lot of history. In a lot, a lot of history, and very interesting, very special place. You know, and like you said. Does that play into it? So do we don't know the name of this pond, if it has a name. I don't even think it has a name. It's just some kind of... That's a depression. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just judging by the, the one end, there's two lakes up from Pine Grove Furnace. Mm-hmm. The first one's called Fuller Lake, and the other one's called Laurel Lake. And they literally were the holes where they dug ore. And Fuller Lake is smaller... And based just by how Fuller Lake is, where it's shallow at one end and it gets really super deep on the other, mm-hmm. this one is probably an ore hole. It looks, yeah. It, I think it is. It feels more like that than, than it does a natural, you know, naturally occurring and pond. You know. Fuller Lake is similar to this and Laurel Lake, that there was a creek that flowed through it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just tell you this legend. Now, I don't know if this is true. This is a legend that I've heard up here. That Fuller Lake... And I've, you can swim in it, by the way. <laughs> and, and it's really cold when you get out to where they have it roped off. I mean, it drops, mm-hmm. and the water is super cold. The legend is they were digging for the iron ore and all that. And, they were, of course, they used dynamite and explosives back then. And they set off some explosives. And um, the springs welled up so fast, the guys had to get out of the hole. Mm. And there's a locomotive at the bottom of it, like a narrow-gauge Huh. Locomotive. But they couldn't get it out in time. They couldn't get it out in time because the tracks ran up through there, through up to Pine Grove Furnace, and they couldn't get it out in time. That's the legend. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Well, like I said, I know that I know there were tracks that ran through. Like I said, because I, I read those newspaper articles about the trains catching the, the area on fire when mm-hmm. they come through. And there's a, a creek that flows through there that's cold water that they stock with trout and all that, and they stock trout in there because it's it's ice cold. So. Whether that's true or not, that's just it's just crazy. Yeah, you know? I like the idea of a of a pond monster, but 
I don't. I think this one is. I think uh, was a camp myth to scare kids. Could be. That's what I think. Or did they see something else coming across the pond and assume it came from in the pond? That would be more what I think. Mm -hmm. And except, I think this is an old ore hole. I we'd have to come out there in the day and check it out. Because if you if you came across something wet and making its way across the pond, (laughs) it would look like a swamp. Yeah, it would. I mean, it would. It would, and. Well, this area, this is Old Forge Road. Mm-hmm. So th- there obviously was a forge Another here, forge here yeah. at one time. It would be easier to mine the iron out of here, and if this is more of the bottom of the mountain than it would be on the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I, yeah, if they could find it here, they'd rather do it here than making that trip. Because even if they're only hauling it down, you got to take everything back up again. And you know, th- and this this is similar to like my home. You know, Pigeon Hills had you know Spring Grove was called Spring Forge, mm-hmm. and uh, it was known as the iron mining area. And we still have tons of ore holes, and that's what this looks like compared to. Right. Yeah. yeah. To me. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense starts shallow on one end and then it gets deeper on the other. Michaud seems to be an endless font of stories for us. I just think you just scratched the surface. I think you're right. There's where I'm curious. And this could be true. Thaddeus Stevens was an abolitionist. Mm-hmm. So is there any collection connections between this place and the Underground Railroad? That's what I wonder. That's another one that could possibly be. You know what I mean? I'd be surprised if there weren't, quite honestly. Uh, I mean, that's why the, the Caledonia Furnace was dynamited, because Thaddeus Stevens o- owned it, and he was against the, the Southern... The, when the, the troops came through, when the Confederate soldiers came up from Chambersburg and they passed through, mm-hmm. they blew the furnace up because it was owned by Thaddeus Stevens, and he was an ardent... You know, he was in the Senate, or in the Congress, or one of the legislators... And he was against the southern states tremendously. They, the Confederates, or uh, Lee, or somebody sent spies up to see if Cador's furnace was still working. Did they? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, at the time, I don't think it was... I'm trying to remember how that went. I know because the British generals during the Revolutionary War sent, I think it was three guys down on a mission to blow it up. Because they were on a mission to destroy Cador's furnace. Because that's where they were making cannons and cannonballs. Right. And those guys never, there's no trace of them. The so, locals got them. Who knows? Who, who, <laughs> or who kno- something got some, them. Yeah, who knows? Like, it's just a, more missing people associated with Cador's Furnace. I know the Confederates sent spies up, too, to look for it. And I think I think at the time it wasn't working. I think dur- during the Civil War, they weren't producing yeah. iron there, I think. I think that's how that went. It was either that or they never found it. Because back then... It wasn't easy to find. I mean, it's yeah, tucked it's, down in that hollow. You, yeah. you can't really see it. I mean, it. I had to use GPS to find it. You know, you would never know it's there unless you drop down and through that road. You know, yeah. you blink and it's gone. You know, and so there's, there are people who pass by Cador's Furnace every day who don't know what it is. You know, I, mean? I believe that. Yeah. Who, who? Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, I didn't know what that was. You know. Yeah, they're they're and, in these odd little. Pl- I mean, look at that one we found the other day. Yeah, like back off the the. Uh, yeah, I mean, you would have never known. That was a small one. No, yeah, and if, he, if Ken hadn't pointed it out to us... I'd, we would have never seen it. Yeah, we'd have driven right by it. Of course, it's at night. Yeah. But uh, All right, let's get into some more something. Yeah.
So after we went to the pond, we had a long night there. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> we went back to... I don't know what goes on on these little adventures. <laughs> we went back to Harry Springs, which is the location we were at with Ken in uh, parts one and two of Through the Haunted Forest. Chad ran into some hornets there, and we had some other interesting things happen. I had been hearing while we were there, Ken and I heard it quite a few times, what I was calling like a gorilla huff, like a whoo, like that. We heard it again this night, and I actually captured it on the recording. I finally got that on the recording. You can hear that. That's going to be a patron episode through the Haunted Forest Part 4. Sign up at Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. After we were at Harry Springs, we went up the road. There's another abandoned iron furnace, of course, a big pond furnace. And we were searching around there. Chad had gone kind of up to the furnace, and I was walking away from it. And something in the woods sounded like it snapped a tree that must have been, you know, eight, ten inches around. This massive crash. Can you hear that on the tape? Yeah, I do have it on the tape. I'm going to play that clip right now just as a little teaser for the episode. The crash isn't super impressive. I mean, that's the thing with when you're recording this stuff. Yeah, it doesn't sound it, as it doesn't tra- it immediate. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't translate the way you were there. But my reaction is genuine. I think you'll hear it <laughs> in this clip. I'll go ahead and play that right now. Whoa! All right. That, that was our car sound. That wasn't a car. That was I know, but I mean that's that's mountain. that's what we heard before. That was something big. So that's a little teaser for Through the Haunted Forest Part Four. You can hear the full context of that clip in that episode. Again, that's a patron episode. Patreon.com slash strange familiars to hear that and every episode of Strange Familiars. All right, we're going to talk to Adam, Serfiel, and Soraya. But before we do that, I want to talk about 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. If you want to develop the perfect relationship with your puppy, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. They can help you with things like potty training, fear and nervousness in your puppy, barking, If your puppy's chewing on things they shouldn't be, like furniture or shoes, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more, they can teach you what to do, and perhaps more importantly, they can teach you what not to do. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. Find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Join us September 25th, 26th, and 27th for a three-day special streaming event, Strange Realities, to push the limits of your reality. Featuring authors, academics, researchers, occultists, experiencers, podcasters, and practitioners. All presenting fresh cutting-edge material and research. Streaming live. Featuring presentations by Brent Reigns, editor of Alternate Perceptions Magazine. Aaron Gullius, host of the Saucer Life Podcast. David Metcalf, writer and researcher. Alan Greenfield, author of Secret Cipher of the Euphonics. Stephanie Quick, writer and blogger. 
Red Pill Junkie, 14, researcher and explorer. Tim Banal, host of Banal of America. Guy Malone, iconoclast and troublemaker. Timothy Ritter, host of Strange Familiars. Kiki Dombrowski, author and practitioner. Greg Bishop, author of Project Beta. Ginny Ashford, host of 13 O'Clock. Recluse, host of The Farm. Jack Montgomery, folk magic. Joshua Cutchin, author of Thieves in the Night. Reverend Michael Carter, alien contact experiencer. Dr. Future, host of Future Quick. Tony Kale, author of Memphis Hoodoo. Rin Collier, occultist. Soraya Ascap, host of Where Did the Road Go? John Tinney, Ghost Stalkers and Hell. All three days, only $20. Tickets and info available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Brought to you by the Conspiranormal Podcast. Conspiranormal.com. Strange realities. All right, I'd like to welcome Adam and Serfiel from Conspiranormal to the show. How are you guys doing? Doing well, sir. How are you? Doing all right. And Soraya is with us as well. Absolutely. How are you doing, Soraya? All right. I have bongos here. Should I be playing the bongos while we do this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll snap fingers. We'll have a beatnik thing going. (laughs) Oh, I'm trying to remember. Okay, so um, there's a Happy Days episode where they're they're the beatniks. And they're in a... a, Does anybody remember this? Anybody Happy Days fans here? I was at one point, but I don't... (laughs) Okay, so so they're in the beatnik club. Richie and the guys are hanging out in in the beatnik club. And there's a guy doing beatnik poetry. And the poem is a variant of the same poem all the time. And it's always like, Little boy looking in the candy shop window. There is no candy for you today. Only death. <laughs> hey, and then right. the next poem would be like, everybody would be like clapping. They'd either snap their fingers. I think they'd snap their fingers. Everyone snapped their fingers instead of clapping. And then the next one would be like, Little dog. Looking in the pet shop window, there are no treats for you today. <laughs> Only death. That seems almost dark for Happy oh, Days. Yeah, it was, it was like completely like uh, very funny. And apparently, it is based on some kind of beatnik poem or something. I don't know. It's, it's a very, very, very kind of inside uh, joke on. on the so, beatniks. do you really have bongos there, sir? Yeah. I've got a a, a guiro here. If you guys want to hear it. Oh, yes, not- <laughs> you guys can hear that. I also have to get tropical, so I can't actually get to the bongos because there's cat in the way. You know, I realize, uh, I realize, Sir just as an aside, that I was listening to a uh, Rolling Stones "Give Me Shelter," and that is very prominent in that song. It's a great. I love this instrument, the metal ones and the the wooden ones. It's really fun. That's right. You can play a cat like bongos, though. Yeah, I suppose you can. <laughs> you just gotta train the cat to play bongos, and then then you'll find your your real uh, your real fortune there, Soraya. The I cat mean, I, may not be very happy about it, but you could you could, I, I, you could make it happen. If if you poke her in the right places, she's gonna make different types of meows, right? <laughs> <laughs> For anyone what? listening, we do not uh, yeah. endorse yeah. playing cats like bongos. Please do not do that. Yes, yeah, we 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 don't uh, advocate animal abuse. On either of our podcasts. Absolutely not. Someone out there is taking that seriously and, and getting very upset, and I have, I have to give that caveat. We are. I love the kitties. <laughs> I did try, try petting her in different locations, but I'm just getting different tones of purr. <laughs> Tim, how many days to the perfect kitty? Um, you can't train a cat, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. 
No, so, like, for instance, you don't want your cat to jump on, up on the counter. You cannot teach a cat not to jump up on the counter. You can only teach a cat to not jump up on the counter when you're in the room. As soon as oh, you leave I... the room, the cat's going to jump up on the counter if it wants to. Yeah, that's true. And it might do it just to spite you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that, that, I think they know, and that's what they do to get attention. <laughs> it does. If I'm not paying attention to her, she, she will go for the thing that she knows I'm going to pay attention to her for getting into. I think Chad has a cat who he swears is trying to kill his dog. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's like Literally like pushing heavy things off the refrigerator when the dog's below and stuff like that. <laughs> well, we have you guys here because uh, there's something coming oh. up here. In September. Yes. Isn't it September? Is it September? Yeah, we're in September. It's September. So it's, it's coming up soon. And everyone here has something to do with it. It's the Strange Realities Conference. It's all weekend, right? It's the 25th, 26th, and 27th. It is Friday. all Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Serfiel's monster truck voice. Yeah, it is... Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 25th, 26th, and 27th. And both of you guys are going to be speaking at this on two different days. So Soraya's on Saturday, and Tim, you're going to be speaking on Sunday. Awesome. And you got me scheduled real early in the morning, like I like it, right? Yes, 6 (laughs) a.m., sharp. Because I know you love to get up and give a presentation about Bigfoot. At 6 a.m. in the morning. In the words of a very dear friend of ours and, and uh, someone that Allison uh, works with, I don't do single-digit a.m. numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I do single-digit a.m. numbers before I go to sleep. Well, yeah, yes. there you go. Yes, yes, exactly. Same here. <laughs> or as I used to say, wait, there's a 9 a.m.? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I believe uh, Adam initially scheduled me earlier than I was awake for. <laughs> yeah, but it was only like an hour. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a, like two thirty in the afternoon or something, and I was like, "Is that okay?" And he's like, "No, can you make it one more hour?" Because <laughs> <laughs> t- two is like the earliest I normally get up. Oh wow! So you are a vampire. I, I am a vampire. I also don't sleep well and have a really hard time getting to sleep and have a hard time remembering, oh, I need to go to sleep. It's daylight out. Yeah. So, like, last year at Albatwitch Day, for instance, we, we had a big, long day and on into the night, and I did that ghost tour. Yeah. You know, like, walking, I don't know, if that was a mile or whatever, like, up into Chickie's Rock there. And then we got dinner, and then we came back to my place, and we hung out here, and did we end up recording a Where Did the Road Go Here then, Soraya? No, not okay. that time. Okay, yeah, but we did we did hang out for a long time, and I'm just yep. like, I said, Soraya, just, just stay here. And he's like, no, nah, I'll be fine. I'm like, what are you, t- you must be exhausted. And he's just, no, I'll just drive home. I'm not going to fall asleep. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. I had no problem driving home. And I only had three hours of sleep because we wanted to get there uh, early enough to catch your talk. Oh, right. Yeah, I talked early in the day. Yeah. Yeah, talked like one o'clock or noon, something like that. Yeah, I forget. I, I had like two and a half, three hours of sleep and then was up for about 
Uh, I think by the time I went to sleep, it was 36 hours almost. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't sleep easily, I, I, no matter how tired I am. So I want to thank you guys for having an online conference this year. You know, a few people did it. You know, the Newkirks did uh, PhenomenaCon. I think they're having another one, and, and you mm-hmm. guys are doing it. And I did a virtual Sasquatch conference earlier into the pandemic. And honestly, as someone who who does a lot of conferences, you know, I miss them. I miss them a lot, and it's something mm-hmm. I, I enjoy doing. So doing it as an, an online conference brings some normalcy into you know, my life and some happiness that I, I, I'm sorely missing this year. Like I said, I, I miss those conferences. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I want to thank you guys for doing that. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I mean, thank you for saying that. So last year, you know, Tim, you were at um, our conference, uh, Strange Realities 2019, that we did in Nashville. You have two presentations, and... one by yourself and joint one with Josh. Yeah. Josh did the same thing. And, you guys really knocked it out of the park. We had a really great time, and we actually um, we actually streamed that not too long ago onto our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, so people can go check that out if they want to see the presentations from last year. But you know, we had every intention, of course, of bringing this thing back, and this was the original weekend, the the twenty sixth through the twenty fifth through the twenty seventh that we were going to do it, and we had a whole thing planned. We're gonna we had the speaker lineup ready to go and then you know of course everything happened and uh we kind of wrestled about what we should do for a long while at least two months and then we finally just said well i don't think anything's going to get any really better anytime soon so it was just smart to go ahead and just move this thing online and that's what we did and i think it's really worked out very well because We've been able to get more people this year and to kind of expand it and to have something that's more, I think, representative of us as a show that uh, has very different. There's a lot of different topics. I mean, we're you guys, you and Josh are pretty much going to cover probably Bigfoot related topics. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a couple of presentations about folk magic. We've got some presentations that go into more kind of like kind of a conspiracy research and some parapolitical stuff. And we've even got a a true crime presentation as well. So the actual first night that Friday night, there's actually going to be, we, we we're kind of looking at this and we were like, there's actually not going to be any real like paranormal topics that first night because it's going to be true crime. And, but all is going to talk about his, experience at the flat earth conference last year and Aaron Gullius is going to talk about some uh, positive conspiracy theories and then we've got stuff that's also very ufo and uh alien related so and uh, some you know like ren collier and alan greenfield and uh you know some stuff that's more kind of like a little bit of the occult kind of flavor going on too so We've kind of got a big gamut of speakers this year to cover. Nice. I think variety is good. I think that's Green. why people are attracted to our shows, I think, because it's not, it mm-hmm. isn't always exactly the same thing every week. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very key, and I think that there's something there's something in this conference, I think, for everyone that's kind of in into all the weird subjects, be mm-hmm. it paranormal or otherwise, that 
that we talk about on our show and that you guys talk about on your shows too. Yeah, I mean, the, well, the Venn diagram of people that are interested in, in one thing or another. I mean, it's like when we do the, the, the yeah. shows on the weird history and stuff. So many people are interested in the paranormal and that, you know, that, that no one minds. You go off uh, the paranormal for a while and dig yeah. into something else. So on a technical side of things, I'm sure like if no one's been to a virtual conference before, talk a little bit about how it works and what people can expect. Basically, uh, you get tickets through our Eventbrite page, and that is going to um, get you in the door. What that means is that uh, there'll be a secret Facebook group that you will uh, receive an invite to, or you'll uh, receive instructions for getting to, and uh, you will just ask to uh, join to get inside. And we'll verify your information with the information on the ticket purchase. And uh, however, we have to coordinate that. If, if there's any kind of difference in names or anything like that, we can figure that out quickly. Get you yeah. in there. We want to get everyone in there as soon as possible so there isn't any kind of last-minute stuff. And uh, you'll just probably receive notifications already that the event is about to start. So, uh, yeah, that's how it happens. I mean, we just get you into this virtual room. And uh, you can watch the different parts of the conference streamed from there. And some of the speakers will have visuals to go along with their talks. And sometimes you'll just be seeing the speaker give their presentation, just see the speaker talking, right? Right, right. And we're going to be doing other things in between, uh, maybe like some mini, mini documentaries and things our friends are doing. We're also going to be having some opportunities to just hang out. So it's kind of going to be like, a, you know, that, that page is going to be like a place where everyone's going to congregate. We're going to have a lot of different things going on, a lot of interactivity. And, yeah, the, the speakers will be uh, showing their presentations and uh, their PowerPoints. If they need to play a video, whatever, uh, we're going to be able to accommodate any of that. That's awesome. I'm not sure and- what I'm going to have visually, but I'll figure something out. I'm sure there'll be a big variety there. And then we'll get a chance to sort of have a virtual after parties as well, right? Everybody yep. who's, who attends is invited. Yep. Yep. We're going to make a Zoom. We're going to have like Zoom call parties at like the uh, end of Saturday and the end of Sunday. Just a good way to let off some steam. We're going to try to replicate the experience of going to a live, con- as we're saying now, live conference the hanging out in the hall, talking to each other. We're going to try to kind of bring that and try to have some good discussions and stuff. And that'll maybe give some chance for people to ask questions of you guys too. Whoever, whoever wants to join. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So you do get that, you know, some of that interaction that you would have at a regular conference as well, which again, I really enjoy that aspect. I enjoy talking to people more than giving my presentation. I enjoy meeting people and, and shaking hands and, all the things that just can happen this year, you know. So that'll be a good part of it uh, as well for me. Yes. And also, Adam, people will, if they have a ticket and they miss one of the speakers, all of the stuff will be available after the fact. Yeah, the, right. Event. It's still going to be up there on that Facebook group page and they can watch it. Awesome. So I'm going to be doing something on Bigfoot, something related to where the footprints end, kind of working out one of two things what it's going to be Soraya your talk is going to be on what that's so hard to narrow down to just an explanation you know that yeah well it's it's, it's kind of based on the conversation we had on your show I don't know how long ago 
yeah, a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's basically part of it is different mechanisms that may affect how the paranormal works, but also it's going to be different ways of looking at the paranormal and some of the things that affect it that we're not always conscious of. Yeah, and it relates to your theories on how time works as well, right? Yes. Yeah, part of it does definitely. Yeah. It's not all going to be that. It's a lot of it. One of the interconnecting things is poltergeist phenomena. Right. Which is one of those things that, you know, we've discussed. That's another one of those things like lights that seems yes. to ma- manifest across the board with the paranormal. And part of it is taking apart that and, and understanding what that means. Well, I look forward to it very much. And I look forward to the conference. And I, I thank you guys for, uh, again, for doing it. I'm, I'm really excited to have a paranormal conference to go to, even if it's virtual. I think that's the best way to do it in this time, though. Yes, absolutely. They can get tickets at strangerealitiesconference.com, and there's a link there on the front page where you see our little logo for Strange Realities. You'll go to you'll go to an Eventbrite page, and you'll be able to get the tickets there. Yep, and, twenty-one speakers. Uh, yep, twenty-one speakers for twenty dollars, less, less than, than a dollar a speaker. speaker. Yep. Look at that. September 25th, 26th, and 27th. It's Strange Realities 2020. Thank you guys again. And where can we find Conspiranormal? You can find Conspiranormal, well, website conspiranormal.com, but also anywhere fine podcasts are free. And you can find that uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all those great places. Soraya is host of Where Did the Road Go? As Correct. Well as, as well as some, do you do two music shows? I do one music show, but I help other people with another music show. Gotcha, gotcha. And that is that is the last exit for the lost. But you can go to wheredidtheroadgo.com or thelastexit.org, and that links you to everything. Awesome. Like heavy dark music, thelastexit.org is a place to go. Awesome. Very cool. Well, guys, thanks for popping in and. We will see you at Strange Realities for sure. Absolutely. Thank you, Tim, for doing this. We're now on to the photo of the week. Is this a costume party? It is. I was excited for halloween so i thought we just you're gonna kick off the halloween kick off the halloween is that a wizard hat and robe yeah there's there's uh i believe a woman in like a either a wizard or a witch hat that has like applied silver stars and moons on it looks to be also some people in sort of like a, a pilgrim costume perhaps and then something that I always dressed as as a child, which is now not politically correct. I always dressed as, well, I dressed as a gypsy. Now I would say a person of Romani, Romani origin. Yes. But yeah, I, I understand that. As a kid, I just really like, I liked the, A, the chance to wear an earring and B, the costumes were fantastic. Oh, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> there was no mean spiritedness in that. That said, I understand why yeah, like it I, is politically incorrect to take someone's culture and, and make it your costume. I understand that, but. Hey, there was no meanness involved. No, I, lo- I loved it. <laughs> exactly. Is this a Halloween? 
Yeah, it says happy Halloween. It's cut off, but it says happy, and then you can see where it was going to say Halloween. Halloween. Oh, wow. So it's a Halloween costume party. And this is... Oh, this is a real photo postcard. Yeah, it's but just it's, a small one. Yeah, it's a small real photo postcard. Oh, okay. Interesting. So I see silver gelatin. Am I correct? You're correct. I'm going to say 1920s. Yeah, I think it's 20s era. Because this woman looks like she's like... She's a bigger lady, but it looks like she's kind of attempting a flopper look there, but she's just a little too busty to pull it off. <laughs> this two weeks in a row, I've been correct about the date on the photographs. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> so, photo of the week. This will be available in our Etsy shop. If you go to the show notes under this episode, you can see an image of this photograph. You click on that, and it should take you right to the Etsy shop, where you can purchase this and other photos of the week. There's a few other photos of the week left there. You can check it all out. Shop name is Lost Grave. If you want to look up for it, if you just look up Strange Familiars, that should come up as well. Of course, as I always mention, I have artwork in there, original artwork. We've got prints of the Where the Footprints End cover. All the books are available there, too. And got all the books and music and more. We'll be populating the Etsy shop with more and more stuff as time goes on here. And if you're local to South Central Pennsylvania, you can find your books at American Daydream Antiques. American Daydream Antiques in York, you also have a framed print of Where the Footprints End there now. And it's cheap. Yeah, it's like 45 bucks. Come in and get it. (laughs) Yeah, for a framed print, that's super cheap. Well, that's it for tonight. We'll be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more darkhollerarts.com. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. Listen for the
Mainstream, listen for the